we turn to sacred scripture tonight, to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We read tonight the first 21 verses of this chapter. Chapter 4 is, of course, the beginning of the so-called practical section. There is practical point. There are practical points being made in the doctrinal section as well. But this is the practical, more practical section of the book. And it comes after the doctrines of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and of election in the Lord Jesus Christ have clearly been set forth and expounded. All the way through to chapter 3 with to, to the doxology, the great doxology of the able God of our salvation, and then to chapter 4. The text is the verses 11 through 16, and then the verses 20 and 21. I won't be reading those verses again, so I ask that you pay special attention to those verses as they are read. This is God's inspired word, verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one law, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended? first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same, also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having 
the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Thus far we read from God's holy inspired word. May he bless the reading of his word. Beloved congregation, the verses that we are considering this evening very importantly brings together all that the inspired apostle had set forth. As to the theme of the book of Ephesians, and especially as to its immediate context. The theme of the book of Ephesians is the glory of the church, which is, of course, the glory of Christ, her head, her husband, her Lord. And therefore, the goal of the book, the goal of the church, is to manifest that glory, manifest the glory of the church, which is the glory of Christ, and to do so, by with each and every member of the church functioning together in fullness and growing unto spiritual, the fullness of spiritual maturity. That's how the church on earth and her mem- each one of her members glorifies her Savior, her Lord, and her Head. That glory is displayed and made manifest by the church with each one of our members functioning together, growing in spiritual maturity. And so this is why the apostle says what he does at the close of chapter 3, praying for a fullness of sanctification for each and every member of the church at Ephesus. Those verses are printed on your bulletin this evening. This is why the apostle also exhorts the Ephesian church and every one of her members to keep the unity and oneness which she has in Jesus Christ and to do so through walking worthy of their calling. Each member is to walk worthy of his calling. And this is also why the apostle exhorts the Ephesian church and every one of her members to use their gifts. There are many different and diverse gifts given to, her, to them by their ascended Lord Jesus Christ for a strengthening, for her edification, for her unity. Gifts given by her ascended Lord for their well-being. And so now how all of this comes together is through the one main gift that is emphasized in these verses in Ephesians chapter 4. And that one main gift is the word ministry of the church. Now, if all of that sounds too abstract and complicated, consider with me for just a few brief moments an analogy. 
the analogy of an aircraft carrier. And we asked the question pertaining to that aircraft carrier, how is that aircraft carrier going to be an effective and improving fighting force and unit for her nation? Answer, in the way of each and every one of her crew member, be it a pilot, a cook, a gunner, a storeman, a radar control officer, each and every one of the crew members performing their very different roles and responsibilities to the very best and improving as time goes on, performing their duties in the way of giving heed to not many orders and instructions, but one order, rather orders and instructions from one source and one person on that ship. And that none other is the captain of the ship. Well, beloved, the captain of our salvation, and therefore the captain of the church, if you like, is none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is pleased to minister His word to His church honor through a very important means. And that means is the word ministry of the church. It is through this word ministry that the ascended Lord realizes His goal for her, which is to display His glory through an active, healthy, vibrant church with each and every one of her members functioning in full capacity. So I call your attention this evening to the word ministry of the church. We'll notice in the first place that this is a vital and essential ministry. You notice in the second place that uh, it's lofty goal and conclude thirdly with our confidence the word ministry of the church is a vital and essential ministry. But first things first, we need to understand here that it is this word ministry that is in full view and focus here in these verses. Also, let's look at verse 11 again. Verse 11 reads, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So what is being given here according to this verse? What is being given or maybe who is being given? Well, a quick answer, a quick look at this verse, and we might answer this way, that it is men who are office bearers. Men or else the special officers of the church listed in that verse, which is being given to the church. But a deeper consideration of verse 11 tells us more and tells us differently. For what is the one thing 
that is in common with all these men and special officers, what's the one thing in common? It's the Word. The Word. It's the Word ministry that these men brought in office. It's the Word ministry of the church. Now, a concise explanation is in order here, of course. Apostles, prophets, and evangelists were, of course, special officers in the church, but only for a very limited period and special time in the church. And that was during the church in transition from the Old Testament to the New. Now recall ever so briefly the three special officers in the Old Testament. They are that of the Old Testament prophet, the priest, and the king. And it was the Old Testament prophet who brought the word ministry of the church to the church. Now, today, in the New Testament, the special officers of the church are that of minister, elder, and deacon. And it is the minister, or in the language of the text, as you will soon see, the pastor-teacher who brings the word ministry of the church to the church. But you see, while the church was transitioning from the Old Testament to the New, the Old Testament special officers also were transitioning and transitioning in the way of these three special officers listed in verse 11. Apostles, prophets, and elders. Prophets and evangelists being assistants to the apostle, and all three charged with bringing the word ministry of the church to the church in transition. But now that we are fully transitioned into the age of the New Testament, that word ministry of the church falls squarely on the shoulders of the pastor, teacher mentioned in the text. To be sure, the text does say some pastors and teachers. But you understand, beloved, that is not in reference to two different groups of persons and two different Officers, not two, but one. One and the same. It's referring to the pastor who is the teacher. That's because of a unique rule of grammar in the original Greek. But we don't have to know Greek to know the Bible. And that Greek grammar rule is ably reflected by our King James translators who translate the verse the, the phrase as follows, some pastors and teachers and not some pastors and some teachers. It's some pastors and teachers. Idea of and, pastors who are teachers. These men pastor and shepherd the flock by teaching, by bringing the word ministry of the church. It is the pastor teacher, or else the pastor, and as well the apostles, 
the prophets and evangelists who are God's ordained means to minister his word to his church. This ministry is vital and essential for the church. And the Holy Spirit brings that, impresses that upon us in four different ways in these verses. The first way in which the Holy Spirit impresses that upon us is that this is the gift of the ascended Lord himself. That's stated right at the very beginning of verse 11. And he gave. And then the whole list of special officers and men all talking about the word ministry. He gave. That's verse 11. And you understand, beloved, that verse 11 follows hard on the heels of verses 7 through 10 where the point is being made that he who is the Lord Jesus Christ is the ascended Lord, the exalted Lord who sits upon his throne at God's right hand in heaven. He gave. And that's weighty. That's important. Children, are you listening? Just imagine for a few moments that the president of this nation were to come knocking on the door of your house and calls out for your name and gives you something. You would think, wouldn't you, that what is being given to you is weighty, important, precious. For if that's the case, then how much, much, much more is it the case then that when the supreme exalted ruler gives this word ministry of the church to the church, that is immensely, absolutely, vitally important. That's the first way. It's the ascended Lord who gives the word ministry to the church. There's a second way also in which the vital and essential character of this word ministry comes forth. And it, it comes to mind when we call, when we reflect upon the nature of what is being given to the church. What is being given to the church is the very word of God. In other words, this is the spiritual food and fuel for the soul. And spiritual food and fuel for the soul is vital and essential. It's much like earthly food and fuel. Earthly food and fuel are absolutely necessary for earthly life and living. And this is a point well made during our times with month after month, 40-year breaking records of in inflation skyrocketing inflation, especially affecting our food and fuel. Why is there inflation with food and fuel? Well, let's consider the law of demand and supply. Simple. There's limited and in fact diminishing supply of food and fuel out there. And the demand 
for that limited and dwindling supply of food and fuel, the demand is, is high. And so, the prices go up. And the demand still remains high when the prices go up. What does that say? Why is demand still so high when the prices have gone up? Beloved, isn't it because food and fuel are absolutely vital and essential for earthly life and living? Oh yes. Similarly then, Spiritual food and fuel for the soul is just as vital and essential, but now for the soul, for spiritual life and living. As our Lord himself said, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God's word. And one chief and important form of that word is the preaching of that word, the word ministry of the church to the church. That's the second way in which the vital and essential character of this word ministry is set forth. The third way in which the Holy Spirit brings out the vital and essential character of this word ministry is that it is necessary for the church's safety and preservation. And that comes out of verse 14. That reads, that we henceforth be no more children, passed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. How striking it is that these dangers that threaten the church the church that existed then during the time of the Apostle Paul still exists today. That being the case, how important then the word ministry of the church is at all times in relation to this need to keep the church and her members in safety and in fact positively focused and united in truth, faith, and in love. That's number three. Fourth, the work ministry of the church is vital and essential because it is needed for the church to grow. Grow. And that comes out in verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, more on that later, may grow up, there you have it, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Note the order, first verse 14, then verse 15. So, first safety and preservation, and then growth. In other words, a, a constant prevailing Good and clear word ministry is vital and essential for stabilizing a church going through storms, stormy seas, 
and is further needed for the church and the members to have and to enjoy growth. A growth that is important for the health, vitality, and life of the church and her members. A church to which a growth to which she is called to. Dear congregation, you and I are called to, to grow. That's found not only in the text here, but also in 2 Peter 3, verse 18. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Grow. Grow, grow, grow. Church of mine, grow, says Jesus Christ. Why? Why is the church called to grow? Simply because the church is a living organism. She is the body of Jesus Christ, the Lord. She's the body. And that comes out of verse 16. Notice verse 16. From, which the, from whom the whole body, notice that word there, body, describing the church, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, maketh increase, not decrease, not remain stagnant, increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Two times the word body is used. The church, being a living organism and a body of Jesus Christ, is called to grow. And for that, she needs food. Good food. Parents, you understand what I'm saying, don't you? Your children need to grow. And for that, they need a constant supply of good and nutritious food. So also then, good spiritual food and fuel. And a constant supply of it, a constant and sufficient supply of it is needed for growth in relation to the body of Jesus Christ, the church, a living organism. And that's where the word ministry of the church comes in. A good word ministry of the church to the church, good doctrine, good balance, good tone, preached in a good spirit, is vital and essential for the continued spiritual existence, life, health, and growth of the church and her members. How vital then and essential that word ministry of the church is. And all you see, beloved, unto a lofty goal. The goal of the church of Jesus Christ on earth is to manifest or display the glory of Christ, the Savior and Lord, and to do so by functioning in full capacity. That's the one lofty goal. And the one, that one lofty goal has 
three parts as delineated here in these verses. Part one, a church with her members growing so that the church is not static, but dynamic and growing, going in the positive direction. A church with her members growing unto full spiritual maturity. That's part one. Part two of that lofty goal being members themselves ministering the word of truth in love one toward another. That's verse 15. And then, therefore, number three, in that way, the church with all her members, every one of her members, functioning together and in full capacity. That's verse 16. One goal, three parts. First part. Part one is this. Full spiritual growth and maturity for each member of the church. And at bottom, that is what is being taught us in the verses 12 and 13. Let me read those verses again. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, a whole lot is being said there, but notice the word perfect and the forms of the word perfect that appear in verse 12. Verse 12, the perfecting of the saints or my translation, in order fully to equip the saints. That's what the word ministry is for, is to equip you. The perfecting of the saints, still more in verse 12, and unto a perfect, that's that word again, perfect man, or my translation, unto a mature, mature manhood. Understand here, beloved, that the idea of perfection for life on this side of the grave is not, our, is not glorification and sinlessness. That's only going to happen at death or when Jesus comes again. Rather, the idea of perfection here is that of a, a fullness of spiritual maturity. That's the idea. So that while we are all headed upwards onto that state of glorification and sinlessness, understand, beloved, that you and I are called, the church is to arrive there by heeding a calling to grow. And to grow unto a full spiritual maturity. The goal of that full spiritual maturity flows out of that pastoral prayer that Paul prayed towards the end of chapter 3. I pointed out those verses that were in your, are printed in your bulletin. It's that prayer there. Well, the word ministry of the church is the means. The means that Christ gives to the church for every member of the church 
to get there. To get there, to grow, and to grow, and to get there in the way of using those gifts that they have. Each member with different gifts and different measures of those gifts, using those gifts in service to the body for a continual edification and building up of that body, that body which is the church of Jesus Christ. For that being the case, beloved congregation, I ask you this evening, how are you doing? in relation to this growing and development process, which is the first part of the lofty goal for the church here on earth. Are you focused? Are you focused on growing spiritually in your Christian life and your Christian service? Are you? Or are you backsliding? Is something else the focus of your attention and life that's taking you away from church, from Christ, from God? It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to lose spiritual focus. It's easy to be discouraged. I know. I've been there. Easy to be discouraged by trials and difficulties that we face in our personal, family, and ecclesiastical life. The key here to maintaining focus is remembering the way in which this ascended Lord of ours ascended to his throne in heaven. What's the way in which he ascended into heaven? The way of love. Love which would take him down from heaven, from the bosom of his Father in heaven, down into our flesh, sin accepting down further into a life of suffering where the shadow of the cross loomed large. He descended and descended and descended. He gave and gave and descended. Till he hit rock bottom. When he cried out in agony on the cross with his agonies of, and pains of hell afflicting him. God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's love. Love, profound, unspeakable love. Beloved Christian, keep your eye fixed and focused on that descent of your Lord. Know that that's love. Great love. Love undeserved for you and for me. I submit to you 
That's the way of keeping positive spiritual focus. We are calling to serve, to know, and to grow in Him. To do so with thankful love for God in Christ. Thankful love for God in Christ ought motivate each one of us to endeavor unto a fullness of spiritual maturity. That first. And then all who are thus motivated will also share in the second part of the lofty goal of the word ministry of the church on earth, which is this. Members ministering God's word of truth in love one to another. And that comes out of verse 15. But speaking the truth in love. That's not in reference to the preacher, but to the member, members of the church. You, speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ. couple of points here, both in relation to the word ministry of the pastor teacher. First one being this. How important it is that he who stands behind this pulpit, the pastor teacher, preaches and speaks the truth himself, himself speaks and preaches the truth in love. Absolutely important. For go wrong here, Go wrong here and we should not be surprised at all that the fruit of such non-loving, hateful preaching is going to be speech following the same wrong and wretched character of the preacher. He who preaches in harsh, hard, angry tones. He who preaches slanderously in a backbiting manner, in a rash way, should only expect to hear that same kind of rotten speech when witness that kind of rash judgment among the people whom he is pastoring. But on the other hand, he who continually and patiently preaches the truth in love may with a good conscience look forward to wonderful blessings from the Lord. What blessings? Members who speak, who are not silent, who speak, who do speak, and who do speak the truth in love, who speak at the right time, who speak at the right place, who say the right thing, who say a word fitting for the occasion. Then you see, beloved, only good things, good things are going to happen 
when such speech is manifest in the congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Good speech within her is going to be extended also to those outside of her in her witness of Jesus Christ to those outside. And Christ is glorified that way. That first. And therefore, so second, how encouraging it is for the one who ministers the word from the pulpit Lord's Day after Lord's Day. Two sermons, two sermons, two sermons every Lord's Day. How encouraging it is for the minister. What wonderful encouragement from the Holy Spirit to behold these fruits of the word ministry he brings. And how, what wonderful wisdom of God this is, that this is the second part of the lofty goal of the word ministry of the church. For it is in this way that the third and final part of the lofty goal of the word ministry of the church is realized and realized more and more. What is that? A church functioning in full capacity with every, every member fully focused, fully functioning, and fully involved in the life and service of the church. Don't take it from me. Take it from the Word of God in verse 16. That, word, that verse reads once again, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which Every, and every is every, every joint supplier according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. In other words, the church, the body of Jesus Christ is likened to a human body with, with each and every joint and bone of the human body symbolizing each and every member of the church. Gifted with different gifts and different measures of gifts, each playing a part in the body towards an increase and growing building up of itself in love. Such a church is not only unified and dwelling together happily, she's growing. She's well. And yes, she's thriving. She's growing, she's well. She's thriving in spite of the many realities of trials and tribulations that come her way, some even severe ones, very severe ones, and also many realities of existing imperfections and weaknesses, even issues. There will always be issues for the church here on earth, even issues 
still being dealt with within the church. Dear congregation, do you not know something of this here at Loveland Protestant Reformed Church? And do we not want to see more and more and more of it? We may be confident. We may be confident in these things, beloved, and we may be confident in the word ministry of the church. But let's understand, beloved, that our confidence in that faithful word ministry and its blessed fruits lies in something right, good, and powerful. Negatively speaking, that confidence lies not in the arm of flesh the human instrument. Let not the congregation put their confidence in their preacher. Don't do that. And let not the preacher himself put his confidence in himself and his ability. The preacher and the congregation that does so will only be bitterly disappointed and eat the bitter fruit of this misplaced confidence. If not immediately, then most certainly in time to come. No, our confidence in the positive fruits and realizing of just some of those lofty goals of the faithful word ministry of the church is in the able God of our salvation through our ascended Lord Jesus Christ himself. The able God of our salvation because that's what the Holy Spirit has our eyes fixed on entering into chapter 4, that practical section of do this and don't do that. Look at that able God of salvation that is being praised and doxologized towards the end of chapter 3 the super, hyper, able God of our salvation, He will work in you to will and to do His good pleasure. That's the idea of the context. But in particular, beloved, it is through the ascended Lord Himself, who Himself is pleased, the ascended Lord Jesus Himself is pleased to speak through a lowly, weak, yes, sinful human vessel. That he's ordained, that he's picked the pastor, teacher himself. And that comes out of the verses 20 and 21 of chapter 4. But we have not, but ye have not so learned Christ. I think to the Ephesian church, Paul telling them, ye have not so learned Christ. If so, 21, be that ye have heard him, you heard Christ, and have been taught by him, Christ, as the truth is in Jesus. In other words, these verses explain the confidence that a faithful preacher and the congregation he pastors had. It's the ascended Lord Christ himself. 
the Ephesian church and Christians were taught by and heard Jesus Christ himself 30 or so years after his ascension. They heard him. How did they hear him? They heard him through their pastor teacher. And so also, every faithful church with every faithful preacher down through the ages, even so with us here today, Loveland Protestant Reformed Church. Truth it is that the ministry of God's word is a gift, a precious gift to the church from her ascended Lord. And when that word is preached faithfully, the voice of Christ himself is heard through the work of the Holy Spirit. Dear congregation, do you not have that here every Lord's Day through your pastor? May it continue to be so. And may it also continue to be so throughout our denomination, throughout our sister churches, and throughout our mission field. Unto the glory of His name. Father in heaven, bless this word. We give thanks and praise to thee for the word ministry which thou hast kept and given to us an undeserving church and people down through the years. We enjoy it here today still with our pastor key and we pray, Lord, that thou wilt continue to bless us and bless him. Use him to be a powerful vessel and means of grace unto us, so that we, under his ministry, might continue to flourish, be stabilized through these difficult times, but also to grow and to flourish in better times. These things we ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.